pray with me? Holy One, we presume to come to your word. We come with open hearts. We come asking that you would illuminate it for us so that we may be not just hearers of the word, but also doers. We pray through Christ. Amen. So when was the last time you spent any time with a four or five year old? Do you remember that incessant string of why? 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 Truth be told, I just spent two days over Christmas with the fiber. And everything we said was answered with why. Her mother admitted that sometimes in desperation, she says, because I'm the mother, that's why. <laughs> so developmental psychologists tell us that as children acquire language, at four or five, they're not asking what is the causation of this statement or how does it work. They're asking, I need to know more information. Now, I'm willing to admit that. I'm willing to admit that this often works if you just give them more information. But sometimes kids really do want to know, what does it mean for me specifically? They want to know implications, which of course is how this sermon got its sermon title. So to speak of implication, I've discovered, is kind of ambiguous. Like asking why, implication implies wondering what does it mean to me, as well as where does this come from or how does it work. I grew up in Minnesota, no offense to the Green Bay Packer fans in your midst. So I grew up in Minnesota, okay, so I lived for 26 years in Green Bay, and, or not in Green Bay, in Madison, and if you work construction for 26 years as I did, you are a Green Bay Packers fan, period. Okay, so I grew up in Minnesota, and almost every spot in Minnesota is within easy walking distance of either a lake or a stream. So water stories are what shaped who I am. In liturgical church traditions, this is Baptism of the Lord Sunday, hence the scripture text. So water stories really work here, and I have a ton of water stories. For instance, the time as a preschooler I nearly drowned because my favorite uncle Douglas my favorite uncle didn't want me to trust an inner tube, and so he let go. Um, also, besides that, you know, I learned to water ski, I learned to paddle a canoe. And then there was the time that I was thrown into a swimming pool that wasn't heated yet because the construction workers told me that, yeah, it is the custom to toss in the inspector if the pool passes its first leak test. Then there's also in Minnesota the obligatory 
news story in January of the foolhardy people who plunge into Lake Superior to earn their chops as honorary polar bears. Do you know that Lake Superior is always 40 degrees Fahrenheit? 40 degrees Fahrenheit anytime you're below 10 feet. 40 degrees, try that sometime. So what are your water stories? Do you have water experiences that shape you? So as not to disturb you, I'm going to give you a minute to think of them. And then I'm going to call you back because my most important water stories hinge on the fact that I was raised as a Baptist. Now, as you may recall, Baptists practice what they call believer baptism by total immersion. So I remember being baptized at the age of nine after lobbying pretty seriously in order to be baptized. I don't know if this is still true, but my congregation believed that baptism by immersion was a necessary condition for salvation, for making sure that you did not go to hell. So total immersion had, had eternal implications. Consider poor Mrs. Nelson, the Sunday school superintendent through my whole childhood, who could not get over her fear of water in order to publicly submit to going under water in her baptism. We thought she was going to hell. So do you remember your baptism? Were you a baby or were you, like me, an older person? An adult even? Or have you chosen not to be baptized? If you were baptized as a baby, do you remember why your parents decided to have you baptized? I'm seeing some nods. People are remembering. And did anyone remember their baptism, not as a baby, but as an older person? Okay, okay. So Methodists go with all of the kinds of baptism, as do Presbyterians. Sprinkling, pouring, dunking, believer, baby. Because baptism is what shapes us. In the Christian tradition, baptism is the defining sacrament of our lives. Everything else is done in the theological context of our baptisms. Joining a church community, receiving any other sacraments like communion. It's the context for marriage, for ordination, and you might not realize this, but baptism is the theological context for um, the completion of our baptismal promises in death. Our promises are simply to try to be like Jesus. But here's the thing, and this is the reason I think that Jesus can convince John to baptize him. God does not need us to be baptized. God doesn't need us to be baptized. Getting wet, no matter how wet you think you ought to be, getting wet is 
is the gesture, that baptism is the gesture that by the church that reminds us that we are created by God and that God claims us. So my current working definition of salvation is this. Simply becoming who God created us to be. Becoming who God created us to be. And baptism is the gesture by which we claim as followers of Jesus. It's the Baptism is the gesture that we use to remind ourselves of who we are and whose we are. In other words, as I told Stephen when he caught me in that moment of weakness, baptism is the perfect way to start a preaching series on Love Changes the Narrative. Baptism says that there's nothing you can do to earn God's love. What? There's nothing you can do to earn God's love. Because God already loves you. God already claims you. And the water of baptism reminds us to claim the implications of that. I would not blame you if your response to what I've been saying is, why? Followed by another string of why, why, why. Followed. Followed by wondering where does this come from? How does it work? What does that mean to me? That implication. So the where does it come from, that the implication of baptism, the where does it come from, is it emerges from God's love. So that means baptism is a defining story. It is an identifying ritual or gesture for Christians. So this particular water story is the de defining story for our spirituality. By claiming this baptismal story as our baptismal story, we are affirming the baptismal promises to try to be like Jesus the Christ. Hence the term Christian. So other faiths have different identifying stories. But the people that adhere to those religions are not any the less human or not any the less beloved of God who created them. It's that baptism is our identifying story. Now the thing, the one baptizing thing that really sort of defined it for me was I went to clinical pastoral education as part of my, um, my training to become a pastor. CPE, or clinical pastoral education, is often in a hospital. And you have classes that support this, this um, training to become a chaplain. So the first assignment we had was to read this exact Matthew text as if we were the one being baptized. As if that heaven-descending dove came down and landed on us and said, you are my child, the beloved, in whom I am well pleased. What if that was you? What if you read that story as you? What if you went down into the water and you came up Imagine that now. Imagine that you have just come out of that water 
Water is streaming off you, your hair is wet, the clothes are clinging to you, and you see the heavens open up, and something like a dove comes down and says, You are my beloved. I am delighted.
For her, prayerfulness is an awareness of God everywhere. There's an almost stream of consciousness conversation between her and God. God is the experience of God is availability. It's like being immersed in water. In the spirit of St. Francis, she says, God is. And that's enough. Another directee's life has shifted during the cold snap at Christmas. You remembered that far, that long ago, Christmas. She was working at her church's food bank when she discovered a homeless man was huddled by the back door. Instead of handing him cans of soup from the shelves, she doesn't know what impelled her to do this, but she went to Trader Joe's. She picked up one of those tubs of soup that they had. She went home, she heated it, and she brought it back and sat down and shared it with him. The next day she went back and he was still there, only unfortunately someone had stolen his sleeping bags. So she went inside and there was another sleeping bag that she could give to him. And pretty soon they're exchanging names, they're talking with each other. She shares more food with him. She offered to bring him to the warming shelter. He said, no, this is my life. And he talked to her about his life. They began to experience each other as human beings, not as charity needed and charity dispensed, but human beings. She now experiences God's grace in a totally different way. She fully, she fully believes that she's a different person for this experience because of the friendship that they develop. God's love interjects into our lives in the same way. I think someone here was talking about finding hats to give to a person. The same thing. Meeting people as a human being. God interjects into our lives like that. As we experience ourselves as beloved human beings and pass that on and as other people as beloved human beings, we will experience God differently. The trajectory of our lives, the narrative, if you Stephen, the trajectory of our lives changes. God is more present. God is less the purveyor of a shopping list of prayer requests and more the subject of our inner life. God is the reason that we want to be ourselves. As Christians, friends, I believe this is the implication of our baptisms. It's both the where did this come from and how does it work, and the call to action, the what is this for me. So I'm going to leave you with a few questions. 
if you knew that you were God's beloved and there was nothing you could do to change God's absolute delight in you, what would you do? If you knew that being God's beloved means that there's no such thing as failure, only an opportunity to love and be loved, of what would you be unafraid? I'm going to leave you with a few minutes of silence. 